Well, happy Mother's Day, Coastal Community Church. Come on, let's give it up for all the moms. Thank you. Moms, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution to uh, all of our lives. And <laughs> I don't really know what to say beyond that. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to Coastal Community Church. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining us on Mother's Day weekend. Can you help me welcome everybody that's joining us at our Lighthouse Point location and everybody that's at church online? Man, we love you guys. Thank you for being with us as well. And uh, I'm excited. We're in a series right now that we're calling Faith in the Fire. And it's really been about how, how do we deal with the testing seasons of life? Anybody ever, anybody ever been in one of those seasons where it's like test after test after test? Come on, raise your hands if you've been in one of those seasons. How many of y'all would raise your hands and say, my test is sitting right next to me? Come on, raise them. Don't, don't raise them up high. That's, that's a bad move if you're sitting next to your spouse right now. But uh, this series really came out of a season where I was just going through a, a difficult time. And as I was reading my one-year Bible, I came across this story in the book of Daniel about these three Jewish boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, they, they are uh, living in Jerusalem. Uh, Babylonian Empire comes and, and raids them, takes them over, moves them a thousand miles away to the city of Babylon, uh, which is like the equivalent of the greatest sin city you've ever seen. It's like uh, Vegas on steroids, no morals, no values, you know, just, it's just bad. And so they're in this place that's foreign to them. And immediately they're given a test. And the first test that they're given is, is really to indicate how strong is their faith. And what's interesting is I think that there are a lot of people that are actually going through the same kind of test right here, right now, because week after week, I've had people email and text me and just come talk to me after service going, Pastor TJ, like, I don't know why you're talking about this, but it's like you read my mail and you like knew exactly what was going on in my life. Why? Because I think that a lot of us, we're facing seasons of testing right now in our lives. And last week we began the main test that they were gonna face, which is where the king, whose name is Nebuchadnezzar, after his victory over the Israelites, decided to build this tower that was 90 foot tall by nine foot wide, made out of solid gold. How many of y'all would like to have one of those right now? Solid gold tower. And, uh, and he, he meant for it to be a memorial uh, for, for their victory, but some of the officials there decided, you know what, this thing is so beautiful and so ornate and so uh, just cool. We think that people should worship it. So they came up with a plan and said, you know what, when the music plays, everybody needs to bow down and worship this tower. And, and so the music plays and everybody bows down to worship, except for three young boys who decided to stand tall in that moment. And I think that that is a symbol for us today, that while we don't live in Babylon, we live in a world that is very broken. We live in a world that is, is messed up and they're bowing to all kinds of crazy things. And I think it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to finally stand up. It's time for us to stand up for our convictions. It's time for us to stand up for our values. It's time for us to stand up for our morals. It's time for us to stand up for what God says is true. It's a defining more moment for us. And, 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 and I said last week, like, listen, if you don't stand for something, here's the deal. You'll fall for anything. Right. And we're watching people fall over and over and over again to all kinds of crazy things. And so today we're going to continue this story because it, listen, it would have been awesome if they would have just stood up and that would have been the end of the story, right? Like I stood up for what was right and then it was all good. 
But how many of y'all know that when you stand up, sometimes it doesn't turn out all good? Like there, there's some tension that comes from that. And where there's some consequences for standing in their beliefs. Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 13, it says, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Like, seriously, did you all do this right like here? When I had the music play, did you not bow down? Like, are you the only three that really stood? Like, Nebuchadnezzar in this moment took it personally. And I don't know about you, but when people start taking things personally, it gets even worse, doesn't it? Like, when you take a stand and people start taking it personally, it becomes about them, not about what you're standing about. And right here is what's, what I know is going to happen in life. You're going to take stands and people will make it about themselves when really it's always about something bigger than them. Right. goes on to say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I've set up. Now, he's, like, he's kind of like, you, so you didn't do it. So check this out. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, I think he could have just said all kinds of music. I think that would have been easier than... He says, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image of gold that I made, very good. So listen to what he says. He says, listen, I know you didn't, you didn't bow down before, but I'm going to give you one more shot. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give you another chance. And isn't that just like the enemy of our soul that like, he isn't just going to come after us one time and go, oh, they rejected it one time. I'm never going to come after that. No, no, no. He's going to come after you over and over and over again. Like if he can't make it in the front door, he's going to try the back door. If the back door is not open, he's going to try the window. If the window doesn't work, he's going to come down the chimney. Why? Because he's going to come after you. So like you got to know that if you take a stand, there is going to be something that is going to come after you that is going to be pressuring you in life. And listen, the enemy isn't coming after you because of your past or your mistakes or the shame that's in your life. He's coming after you because he knows the purpose and potential that's in your life. And so you need to take some encouragement today, church, that if you're going through hell, that means that there's a heaven on the other side. Like that means that there's something great that God has for your life. So take some courage in that. He says, but if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Like, did that escalate kind of quickly right there or what? It's like, can't you slap me on the wrist or spank me? I don't, whatever it is. It says, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. And here's what I know about most of us that would say that we are Christ followers. TJ, if I was in a moment where my faith is being tested and it's bow to this thing or die for my faith, I would totally die for my faith. Now, what's interesting to me about that is, is that I'm just going to call baloney on that. Because here's why. It's really difficult for me to believe that you're going to die for your faith when you won't die daily for seeking God. It's, it's really hard for me to believe that you would die and give up your entire life when you won't die to yourself and wake up 20 minutes early so you can get in God's word, so you can pray, so you can spend some time with him to know the creator of the universe a little bit better. See, it, it, it's, it, it's ironic to me that you say like, well, in the little things I can neglect them, but in the big things I'm gonna be excellent. No, 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 it's the little things that lead you to being good at the big things. And if we won't be disciplined in the little things, what makes us think that we'll be disciplined in the big things? Like we need to learn how to stand and we need to know, no, no, I'm going to be honoring God in all the little decisions in life that are going to help me honor God in the big decision in life. 
And I think the little decisions are way more important. Verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reply to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in the matter. And the king was probably like, yes, you do. Do you know who I, who I am? Like, I'm the king. I will take your life. It says this, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And if you like, you underline anything in your Bible, here is the phrase that you need to underline. He says, but even if he does not, it's a powerful phrase there. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. And, and that statement that's there is so bold. And it's so huge. In fact, it's the entire emphasis of today's message is this phrase of even if. It's even if, and if I were to describe what a Christian is and, and, and what it means to follow Jesus, I think the, the word or the phrase that should be connected to your life as a follower of Jesus is the phrase, even if. They should look at Christians and not see that one day we're in and one day we're out. We're only in when it's good and we're out when it's bad. No, no, no. As a Christ follower, I'm in it even if it doesn't go the way I thought it would. I'm in it even if it doesn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out. Like, I'm in it for the good days and I'm in it for the bad days. I'm not a, a casual Christian that, that's towing the line. No, no, no. I am all the way in even if. I'm going to trust God even if it's difficult. Why? Because my life is not being ruled by my feelings. It's being ruled by my faith. And the greatest indicator of true faith is faith that goes, even if it doesn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out, I'm going to trust God anyways. That is the type of people we're called to be. That is the type of person that you're called to be. That is the type of church that we are called to be. And here's why that's important. Because you need to raise your level of faith and trust for this reason. Because my level of peace is contingent on my level of trust. And so here's what I know. A lot of us, we lack peace in life. And the reason you lack peace in your relationships is because there, the reason there isn't peace there is because there's a lack of trust in that relationship. And the same thing is true in your relation with God. When you're lacking trust in God, you're going to lack the peace of God that is going to surpass all understanding in your life. And so when you're faced with a fiery furnace in a difficult moment, what you need to do is go, you know what? Even though I see the obstacle ahead of me, I trust in the one who is in me. And so I'm going to trust in him. And so what happens is when I start trusting in him internally, there starts to be peace all externally around my life. Why? Because I trust in him. In fact, Isaiah 26.3 says this, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. In other words, whose minds are set on you because why? They, come on, say it with me. Come on, say it loud. They trust in you. See, when you trust in God, and you have God is a greater level of trust in your life. What will naturally progress is peace in your life. So if you want more peace in your life, here's what you need to do. Start trusting more in God. And as you trust more in God, more peace will overwhelm and overtake your life. And so today what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you move to some new levels in faith. I'm going to help you go a little bit further in your walk, in your journey with God, because some of you have been stuck at the same level of faith that you had with the day that you gave your life to Christ, and it's time for us to grow up a little bit. I know this is going to be a little bit of a harder of a message. I'm going to be a little bit more in your face, 
but it's going to help you. And, I, and here's what I know. I'm not here to make you like me. I'm here to help you grow in your relationship with God. And so I'm, I want to help you out today. And I'm going to talk to you about three levels of faith that maybe you've never seen or understood or even known about that comes out of Daniel chapter 3. And so we're going to talk about it today, starting in verse 17. It says this. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. This is the most beginner level of faith. And this is where some of you guys have to start. You're here today and you're a skeptic. You don't really believe and you're like, man, I don't, I don't really know where to start. It's a beginner level faith. And here's beginner faith. Beginner faith is we believe that God is able to do a miracle. It doesn't mean he will. It just means that we believe that he is powerful enough to do it in your life. And there are a lot of people that have forgotten the fact that God is way bigger than their situation. He's bigger than the cancer you got diagnosed with. He's bigger than the diabetes. He's bigger than that wayward child. He's bigger than that depression. He's bigger than whatever you're going through today. He's actually able to take care of it. In fact, the scriptures tell us God spoke and the universe came to creation. So what that means is, is God spoke and boom, Milky Way. God spoke and boom, Andromeda. God spoke and boom, other galaxies, because I don't know any other names. <laughs> but he spoke, and, and, and the galaxies were created. And the same God that can speak and form the worlds is the same God that knows every single number of hairs on your head. What that tells me about God is, is that not only is he vastly huge, but he's incredibly detailed. So that means that no matter how big he is, he knows the very little things in your life that you're struggling with and you're frustrated with and you're overwhelmed by. He knows every small detail of your life. He's strong enough to create the universe, but he's concerned enough to meet you right where you are in this moment. And we have to believe again that God is able to deal with whatever we're going through in our lives. Like, he's able to help you through. He's able to help you restore that marriage. He's able to help you make it through that financial situation. He, he, is, he can heal the sickness. He can bring that lost child home. He's able. In fact, Jeremiah 32 says it like this. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. He says, nothing is too hard for you. We have to get to this place where we start to believe again that there is nothing that is too hard for our God. There is no situation that you're facing that is too difficult for God. I, I see people walk around and they're frustrated and they're overwhelmed because it seems like their situation is so big, but your God is bigger. God is bigger than your situation. God is stronger than your situation. God is greater than whatever you're going through. And he can bring you through it today, church. This is the most elementary form of faith that just that we believe that God is able. Go back to verse 17. It says, if we are thrown in the, into the blazing furnace, that God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So the beginner level is, is God is able. Intermediate faith is this, is believing that God is willing to do a miracle. Is that he's willing. So it's not just I believe he can but I also believe that he wants to. 
Like, I think this is another level of faith where, where we go, man, I believe that God genuinely desires to do a miracle in our life. And, and, and his willingness is available to all of us. And I know that this is true because Shayla and I have, have experienced in our lives. Uh, a few years ago, um, we, we decided to become foster parents. And uh, it, it was a big decision in our life. And... Uh, we were at our connect group at our house one evening, and we got a phone call from a foster agency that said, hey, there's, there's a baby that's five days old that's coming out of the hospital. Do you, will you come pick him up? And we're like, sure. We, we rolled over to pick up this baby, and when we got there, we found out that this baby had been, a, had been uh, exposed to drugs. In fact, he had every drug in his system that, that, that they knew of. In fact, they had been detoxing him for the last five days. And, and when we pulled up, they said, hey, listen, he's going to have a lot of problems. He has tremors right now. Uh, he, he's been diagnosed with some, some kidney and some organ kind of failures and stuff. So you're going to have to go to the hospital this week. And we don't know what's going to happen with that. But because of the drug exposure, he's also never going to be able to be soothed. He's never going to want to be close to anybody. He'll probably end up with learning disabilities because of all the drug exposure. And, and, and we're like, we'll take him. And we took him. We, we went back home and we had this connect group at our house there still. And when we got there, we were so excited. And, and I remember holding, his name was Alexander. We were, I remember holding him in, uh, in our arms. And it was the first time I ever felt helpless in life because he started having a tremor. And if you've ever been a parent and, and your child is going through something that you have no control whatsoever with, it is the most helpless moment you've ever experienced in your life. And I remember that tremor happening and, 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 just, and just my heart breaking because I'm like, I, I got to do something for this kid. This, this is my kid. What am I going to do for him? And I had nothing. And, and it's in that moment we, we decided, man, you know what we're going to do? We're, we're, we're going to pray for this. We're going to pray for this kid. And, 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 and our faith began to took over. And we didn't, we didn't just go, man, God, take away this, this tumor. Man, we believe that God can heal him. We believe that God is willing to heal this child. And when you start to have that kind of faith, all of a sudden you can say to cancer, be removed from that body in Jesus' name. You can say to that addiction, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You can start to take some authority in your life. And we started praying over that little boy. And we said, God, we know you're able, but we believe it's your will to heal this little boy. And we started praying over him and all of a sudden he has never had a tremor another day in his life not only did he never have another tremor but when we went to the hospital later that week for all the diagnosis they went and looked at everything that was a problem before and they're like we can't find a sign of any of that he never had any learning disabilities. He never was a, he was like, he is the most loving kid. He wanted to be close to you. He never was unsoothable in life. In fact, he barely ever cried. It was the most amazing child in the world. And I look back on God healing him, and it reminds me that God is willing to get down into the brokenness and the messiness of every single one of our lives because that is the very nature of of God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 it says, and my God will meet all. He will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's encouragement. When that financial burden seems too big, you stand on the fact that God will come through for you. You're a child of God. You're a tither. You're obedient to his word. And no matter what the situation looks like, man, my God is willing to get involved in my situation. Church, I need you to look at me for a second. This is important because some of you guys are, are asking yourselves, like, how do I know if God is willing to get involved in, in my situation? Here's all you have to do. All you have to do is look at the life of Jesus lived on this earth. 
And what you see is the living embodiment of God on this earth. And what you see that Jesus was willing to leave heaven to come down. Jesus was willing to heal people. He was willing to get close to the broken. He was willing to pay the ultimate price on the cross of Calvary. He is a God that is willing, church. Verse 18, it says, but even if he does not. And this is another level of faith. It's a level of faith that people don't like to talk about. And, and here's what I know is that I have people every week that come up to me and say, Pastor, when are you going to take us deeper? I'm about to take you deep right now. You, you're, you're tired of swimming in the shallow end? I'm about to drown you. But it's time for some of us to, to learn how to swim in our faith. It's time for some of us to get out of what we've always known into the unknown things of God and realize that he has more for our lives if we're willing to trust him. And so in advanced faith, here's what it is. It's belief that God is good even when I don't get my miracle. So you prayed, you fasted, you claimed, you claimed it, and it didn't happen. What do you do then? Like what happens in that moment? Because I think we've all had those moments where we sincerely believed and sought God for the miracle, and the miracle did not turn out the way that we planned it to. And listen, we're in a passage where we know the end of the story where they get thrown into the fire and God saves them. And if you don't know the end of the story, God, they get thrown into the fire and God saves them. But check this out. They didn't know that was the end of the story. They didn't know. They said, man, we believe God is able and he's willing, but here's our level of faith. Even if it doesn't turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out, we're not going to bow to what everybody else is bowing to. We're going to stand up and believe that our God is good when life is not. And I think that this is what God is calling us to, church. I think he's calling us because I believe that we serve a God that does the miraculous in life. But what do we do when the miraculous doesn't happen the way that we plan the miraculous to happen? Because it's a reality. And in those moments, I want to challenge you to have even if level of faith. So how do we have an even if level of faith? Here's a couple of things that I've learned from this story. Number one, I've learned that commitment lasts longer in community. Commitment lasts longer in community because I've known people that are passionate about God on Sunday morning. They're passionate about God and one, one day something happens, the divorce happens, the diagnosis takes place and, and what takes place in their life is they start letting their circumstances dictate their faith. Then their faith starts to wander and it starts to mess up and it starts to fall off. Why? Because they weren't around the right people in the right community that would help them make that commitment to God last a little bit longer. And if it just lasts a little bit longer, they would see the breakthrough on the other side. We learned this recently. We were in uh, South Africa when we were on our sabbatical here just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we, we had the opportunity to go to South Africa with some friends. And, and one day we decided we were going to go hike this mountain called Table Mountain at 12 noon in the day in Africa. The dumbest decision you could ever make. Hike a mountain at noontime in Africa when it's the hottest. Don't make that decision. And so we started hiking this thing. And, and there's a couple of us that we, we take off like hyenas. Like we're, we're, like, we're like running up this mountain. This mountain is like a four-hour hike, okay? This is not like something you start running. Uh, the equivalent of it would be, it would be like doing box jumps for four miles up a mountain. 
If you know what a box jump is, it's, it's a terrible idea to do it for like 10 minutes, let alone a couple hours. And so, so we take off and we're going and, and me and another person, we're like flying up the mountain. We stop at some point. We're like, I wonder if we should let them catch up. And so we stop and we're waiting there. And when they finally catch up to us, it's, it's Shayla and this other person. And uh, they get there and Shayla is like beet red, like She's wearing a red jacket today. This is what her entire body looks like. And it's not because of the sun and, it's, and, and because she's sunburned. It's because all of a sudden her body started overheating. Like if you've ever had one of those moments and, and, and we're like an hour into this hike and, and, she's, and, and she looks bad, we start taking water bottles and dumping them over. We're just trying to cool her body down. And we're like, man, should, should we hike back down because it's going to be way easier to get back down from here than if we keep going. Like you could be in real trouble, but here's what I know. Commitment lasts longer in community. And so she's like, no, 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 I'm going to keep going. And like, we got this together. And so, so we'd go up this zig and we'd stop there. Shayla would take some water. We, we'd stop. And then we'd go up the next zig and we made it all the way to the top of this mountain. Why? Because commitment lasts longer in community. It is so crucial for your life that you have the right people in your life. This is why, honestly, so many people come to Coastal and they, they raise their hands at the end of service and give their life to Jesus and then walk out of here and nothing changes in their life because they forgot a crucial element. And listen, a lot of you have given your life to Christ, but you have not gotten in the community that Christ gave his life for. And you're wondering why you keep falling in the same tracks is because you don't have the community around you that makes the commitment last a little bit longer in your life. And we all need that kind of community in our life. In fact, if you think about these three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all throughout Scripture, you never once hear them mentioned individually. They're some of the pillars of faith, and you never hear a story about Shadrach by himself. You never hear a story about Meshach by himself or Abednego by themselves. Why? Because they realize the commitment lasts longer in community. And that's what you get here at Coastal. You get a, a community that will help your commitment last a little bit longer. Like we tell you all the time, get into a connect group, get into a connect group, get into a connect group. You must think we want you in connect groups. I don't want you in connect groups. I want you to find a community that will help your commitment last a little bit longer. That's why we tell you, go to next steps. No, go to next steps. It's not because I need you to go to next steps. It's because I know that if you'll get in that community, you'll have a commitment that lasts longer. It's why we tell you, get on a dream team. It's not because we need you to serve. It's because you need a community that will help your commitment last a little bit longer. And we need this in our life if we're going to have a faith that's going to go to the next level in life. So when tough times come, how do I have even if faith? Number two, I've got to remember what God has done for me is greater than what life is doing to me. I gotta remember what God has already done for me is so much greater than what life is doing to me at that moment. Because I think so many of us, our, our judgment gets clouded and we think what's happening to us right in the moment is the worst possible thing that could happen. Anybody ever had that in their life where they're like, man, this is the worst possible thing, like one guy in here. The rest of y'all are liars. Okay, two people back there, perfect. And we've all had those moments where we're like, this is so terrible. It could never get any worse than this. Like, it could never go to another level. And I'm not trying to make light of your issues or your circumstances in life. I'm just letting you know that even in those moments, God has been good to you, church. Don't be mistaken into believing that 
You've been on the opposite side of the goodness of God. No, no, no. God has been good to your life. Like, listen, when I face really frustrating and difficult moments, and I'm in the middle of those moments, I remember that God has been faithful in my past. And if he's been faithful in my past, that means he'll be faithful in my present. And if he's faithful in my present, he's going to be faithful in the future. And I can grab hold of that because when life is bad, God is still good. When life throws me curveballs, when life gives me lemons, God makes some lemonade out of it. Like God is always good. And listen, there are some terrible things that are out there that we have gone through. And in those moments, we have asked God for miracles in those moments. And God has always been good to you in that moment. I'll give you an example. You remember in high school, that person that you were dating or wanted to date, they said no, no more. And you're like, God, please save this relationship. Aren't you glad God didn't? (laughs) Some of y'all would be stuck with some capital L losers right now. Why? Because God was good even when life was not. And you got to remember what God saved me back then. Like, he's going to take care of this thing right now. Something we have to remember. And lastly, because some of you have gone through some really difficult seasons, and you're actually in those seasons right now. In those seasons, how do you have an even-if type faith? Number three, and this is the most important. When I don't understand, I choose to trust. When I don't understand, I choose to trust. I choose to trust the unknown of this life to the known God in my life. I choose to trust that when life is not good, that God is. When I don't understand it in my finite being, in my finite brain, I trust an infinite God that is all-powerful and all-knowing and all-loving and all-caring. And while I don't get it, I trust that whatever is going on, that God can cause all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I believe that this is a decision that we have to make in life's most difficult moments. When the furnace has been turned up and the heat is on, when the situation seems impossible, I trust God even in those moments. And I know some of you are like, well, that's easy for you to say. You're, you're a pastor. Like, you have a direct connection with God, and everything's perfect in your life. Actually, I have the same connection to God that you do. And if I told you my story, I promise for 99.9% of you, it would crush the worst days of your life. But how do you, when you don't understand, how do you, how do you trust? When Shayla and I were about seven years into our marriage, we got to that point in our life where we're like, we're ready to have kids. And when we made that decision, like that was one of the greatest seasons of life because I love trying for kids. <laughs> it's one of my favorite activities on, on this earth. Some of you are like, you shouldn't say that in church. There's kids in here. We have a place called Coastal Kids for your children. This is an adult conversation. 
We have age-appropriate things in there. This is for adults. And practice is supposed to make permanent, but there was nothing permanent happening. And so after a couple of years of that, we're like, man, we should, we should find out what's going on. So we did what everybody does is we, we started going to, to doctors and we started trying to find out what's going on. And here, here's the thing. We, we believe God, God is not only able, but he, he's willing. We trust in that. We, we started praying. We started seeking after God. We started fasting. We started finding every scripture in God's word that, that we could claim in our life. And listen, I've seen God do the miraculous in life. I mean, I've been in services where we've laid hands on people and cancer has been eradicated out of their life when they went to the doctor the next week. I was in a service. I prayed for a dude in a wheelchair that had never walked. By the end of service, he's running around the church along with everybody else. Why? Because God can do the miraculous in your life. Like, I, I believe he's, he's able and he's willing and, and he can heal your cancer. He can overwhelm your depression. He can break your addiction. He can do all of those things. He can do whatever you need. And I prayed scriptures and I declared things from God. And listen, as, and it wasn't happening. Like, and if anybody deserved for it to happen, it's this guy. Like, I'm an awesome dad. And so we've gone doctor after doctor after doctor. We, we were exhausting ourselves. And after we'd done all this stuff, we had this kind of last doctor's appointment where they're going to tell us what, what the, the outcome of all of this stuff is. And I remember before we walked into the doctor's appointment, like this verse came to life for me. It was almost like God was saying, listen, I'm able and I'm willing. But are you willing to worship me even if, I, even if I don't? And I remember Shayla and I, we were driving up to Tampa to meet with this last doctor. And before we got out of the car, we said, no matter what the decision is, no matter what information we're given, when we get back in this car, we're going to worship we went into that doctor's appointment, and that doctor told us we'll never have children. I have a super rare condition that affects like 0.00001% of people. I remember getting in that car as a Nissan Maxima black, black leather interior. I can, I can picture it right now. And I got in the driver's seat, and I just sat there, and Tears started rolling down my face, and I looked over, and Shayla, tears running down her face. We said, we're going to worship. And I remember putting on a CD. That's how long ago that was. <laughs> and for that hour drive back home, we, we worshiped God, and we bawled our eyes out. we said you know what even when we don't understand even when we don't get why everything's happening the way that it is 
We're going to worship. I'm telling you, it was difficult. It's hard. And I wonder where my people are that will say, even when if I don't get what I want from God and don't have the miracle happen the way that I want it to happen, my worship is not dependent on my circumstances. My worship is dependent on the goodness of God in my life. So it doesn't matter what life hurls my way. I'm going to put my trust. I'm going to put my hope. He's going to get all of my praise. He's going to get all of my worship. He's going to get all of my adoration, no matter what the circumstances say. And I actually think, this is just my thought, I actually think that one day when we get to heaven, when we get there and we cross in to heaven, and my hope is that you all cross in. And listen, if you, if you don't know if you're going to cross in, we're going to give you an opportunity to make that decision here in a little bit. But when we cross in, there's going to be a sound. Kind of like the sound of like when you open up a Pringles can, it's like whoosh. Or you open up a can of Coke, whoosh. And a lot of people think it's going to be, we're going to, the sound is going to be, wow. Because we're going to finally see the beauty and the magnitude and the significance of God. But I don't, I don't think that that's actually going to be the sound. I think the sound that you're going to hear is you're going to hear the sound of, oh. Because it's going to be in that moment that we're going to finally understand the things that we never understood. It's going to be, we're going to go, oh. When it didn't happen how I thought it was going to happen, now I see what God was doing behind the scenes. Now I understand how God was knitting and forming and directing and, and moving me along this way to get me to this place where I could never fathom and I could never comprehend with my finite mind and being. And I stand firm in the fact that one day, it will all make sense. But until that time, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to glorify him. I'm going to live for him with every ounce of my being because he is worthy of everything that I've got because he is good. Even when life is not. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me here today? God, I believe that there's some people that are in here today that they're so broken and they're so hurt. And this has been a season where, where life has not been good. But God, you are always good. And maybe you're in here today and you have been discouraged. Maybe you've been overwhelmed in your life. Maybe you've been brought to your knees by this life. And here's what I would ask for you to do today is, is just to yourself right there in your seat, just make this declaration. God, I put my trust back in you. God, I put my trust back in you. I'm not going to put my trust in what I see and what I understand, but I put my trust in you. And here's what I know is that as we put our trust in God, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will start to overwhelm our lives. I just pray right now, peace. In Parkland. God, I just pray right now, everybody's sitting in Lighthouse Point, peace would start to overwhelm them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. 
that they would experience the presence of God, that they would know that he is right there with them, that he has never left them, and he will never forsake them. And if he's had their back in the past, he's going to have their back in the present, and he's going to give them everything that they need in this moment. God says, I am able, and I'm willing. And even if it doesn't make sense here today, it'll make one sense. One day it'll make sense. God, we put our trust in you. And maybe you're out there today and you've never decided to put your trust in God. You've never surrendered your will and your way. In fact, you've been trying to do life all on your own. And, and I would just ask you, how has that worked out? And God saw you in the midst of your brokenness and the mess that you created trying to do it all on your own and said, I'm going to make a way where there is no way. And 2,000 years ago, he gave the ultimate gift to every single one of us, his son, Jesus Christ, who came here and lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death so that today could be your day of salvation. You're not here on accident. You're not just here because mama wanted you here today. You're here because God wanted you here. He's had an invitation ready for you to experience a new beginning, a, a fresh start. A life that is full of peace and joy and patience and goodness and kindness and mercy. If that's you here today and you say, you know what, I need to give my life to Jesus. It begins with a simple yet significant prayer. If that's you, on the count of three, I just ask you to slip your hand up. I'd love to pray this prayer with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip those hands up. Yes, sir, I see you right there. Yes, back three, four. Anybody else? Five. Yes, sir, I see you over there. Anybody over Six. I see you back there. Seven. Yes, I see you. Anybody else? Don't miss your moment. This is your moment. Of, yes, right here. Eight. If you'll just pray this prayer in your heart as I prayed out loud, say, God, I surrender my will and my way. I've put my trust in me for far too long. God, I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present, and secure my future. I put my trust and my hope in you here today. Fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your goodness and your mercy all the days of my life. Help me to follow you. I surrender to you. Thank you for loving me and meeting me right here in the middle of whatever I'm going through. And God, I put my trust that you're going to see me through it. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.